Hey, thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, It's great to see all of you. Thanks so much for being here today. Hey, can you give the worship team a big hand? They did a great job today. And uh, so fun. Hey, if this is your first time at Radiant, uh, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome. And uh, I'd like to invite you, if you can, uh, if you wouldn't mind just going to our website and just filling out that digital connection card, whether you're online for the first time or in person for the first time, we'd like to send you an email this week and be in touch with you and uh, stay connected. Uh, So it's great to see all of you. Uh, Merry Christmas. It is uh, a a perfect season, I think, like never before um, in this time to look to Jesus. And um, I'm excited about, uh, in just a few moments here, we're going we're gonna to light candles together and, and celebrate Jesus, the light of the world. And so if you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to go to John chapter 1. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to go after this today. And uh, normally, um, what we would do is we would have a, a gathering on Christmas Eve. This year, uh, we've created a digital gathering, and so you just saw... Uh, just a few shots from that, but I want to encourage you to uh, be a part of that together with your family. We're going to just put it um, on our website and make it on demand and so, uh, so that whenever it works for you and your family to make that a part of your Christmas Eve, um, I think it's uh, really, really well done and it's going to be a great opportunity for you. So just want to make sure that you're aware of that. Uh, today, we're going to actually light candles on a Sunday uh, and so we're going to do that today. So this is this is Christmas carols in candlelight today, and then on December 24th on Christmas Eve, uh, there's a digital uh, service for you. It's about 27 minutes, and uh, so make that a part of your Christmas Eve if you can. All right, John chapter 1, you feeling good? You ready to go after this today? All right, I am, uh, I'm loving this. I'm excited about this opportunity to celebrate Jesus right here, right now, because I need him. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for what you're doing in our church and in our city and and in the world. And I think this is a great opportunity, Lord God, like never before, to come before you in a holy hunger and a holy desperation and a holy need and say, Jesus, we're looking to you. You are our light and you're our hope and you're our joy. And God, in a season where many of us have gone through trials and tribulations, this is the moment to look to you like never before. And so I ask for every single person that's here today, I pray that this week would be a spiritual moment. Maybe the materialism that's filled our culture, maybe the selfishness that's filled the, our culture in the world, maybe this Christmas is the Christmas that we experience turning to Jesus like never before. Maybe this is the Christmas where when we sing the lyrics, it's not just words on a screen, but it's a reality in our hearts. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're at work. I thank you that you're the light of the world. We thank you for the baby in a manger. We thank you that Jesus lived perfectly and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will return for us. And like like maybe no Christmas ever before, we look to Jesus. We love you. We honor you. And everybody said amen. Amen. 
Uh, one of my dear friends, uh, we spent years in youth ministry together, and uh, he's now a missionary in Guatemala. But I remember starting our conversations at Starbucks where he didn't allow time for small talk. He would sit down and say, David, let's talk about our Heavenly Father. And so it was kind of this moment where it was like, hey, we're not going to sit here and talk any small talk at all. I don't want to lead the conversation. We've got about 45 minutes to talk. Let's talk about our Father. And today, I kind of want to take a moment and just look at you and say, hey, we got this little time together. Let's talk about Jesus, the light of the world. I think that in many of our conversations right now, it's easy for us to talk about the darkness. We got a little bit of moments with people, family, friends, and it's easy to talk about, hey, let's talk about sickness. Hey, let's talk about economic challenges. Let's talk about division in our culture. Let's talk about the darkness. Let's talk about the pain. Let's talk about the problems. I want to invite you, though, this Christmas, like never before, to take this moment and say, hey, let's talk about the light. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's, let's have our conversations be about the hope of the world, because when things feel the darkest, this is our moment to talk about the light, to talk about Jesus. And when we look at the Gospels, uh, I love the Christmas story in each one. You could go through and read Matthew, and Matthew gives us the genealogy. We talked about this last week uh, between Abraham and Jesus. And we talked last week about Genesis 12, you're blessed to be a blessing, and how the blessing of God on the people of God all the way to when we get to Jesus born, gives us the message of the Sermon on the Mount and all the blessings and the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a continuation of the people of God walking in the blessing of God. And Matthew's got a great Christmas story. Mark gives, goes right into John the Baptist, gives us more about John the Baptist preparing the way. Luke gives us the most detailed account. He's writing a report for Theophilus, and so he was a doctor. And he gives us really what even you'll hear most often, which that, that, that detailed account. But today I want to go after the account that we get from John. Because I would call Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are called the synoptic gospels. I would call those... I would call those an earthly account. Like from Earth's perspective, let's talk about what it meant that Jesus came to Earth, that we just sang it, that the king became a baby. But John 1 kind of gives us a heavenly account. It's pretty theological. It, it, it kind of gives us this grandiose idea of what it means that the word became flesh, that Jesus, the light of the world, came into our world. And so in John chapter one, if you've got your Bibles, we're gonna go there, says this. We're gonna read 14 verses today, so get ready. Here we go. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. So creation account, here's John's. All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. That's, that Greek word there is zoe. It's zoe life. It's the fullness of life. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. This is the phrase that I fell in love with this week. And the darkness has not overcome it. I just think that's the perfect phrase to lock in with in the middle of a global pandemic, don't you? Yeah, and the darkness has not overcome it. So I just kind of summarize it this way. The darkness can't defeat the lights. And I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through today, no matter what financial challenges, no matter what family division, 
no matter what relational tension, no matter what cause you feel like fighting on the internet about, no matter what darkness seems to be growing, I just want you to know that when you look at church history over these last couple thousand years, when you go back and you read about Jesus and who Jesus is, the light remains. The light is always on. The darkness cannot overcome the light. And Jesus rules and Jesus reigns right now. And we read about, in Matthew 2, we read the story about where Herod tried to take out the light, tried to take out Jesus, tried to take out all the babies, and the light is on. That light can't be snuffed out. We read about even the story where they took Jesus to a cross. And of course, the story that we'll celebrate at Easter is even the grave could not hold him and he rose from the dead. The light is still on and no matter what you're going through. I don't know if this is your first time to church in your life. I don't know if you just, if you're watching right now and you've never come into a relationship with Jesus. But I just want you to know that no matter how dark the darkness gets, there is a light in the darkness. His name is Jesus and that light never ever goes out. And I could illustrate that with the idea of that the sun never goes out. I think I could illustrate that idea that the Krispy Kreme light never goes out. But I wanna illustrate it as a dad trying to pay my energy bill that in our house, the lights just seem to never go out. I've got four kids, <laughs> they're 16 and 14 and 13 and 10. And uh, it's the joke around our house that I am constantly begging my children to turn the lights out. Like, I think my kids are really good at some things. I think my kids are great servant-hearted. I mean, they love serving on the dream team here. And I think my kids are growing in Bible knowledge pretty well. I got some kids that are some, uh, some, some, some good scholars, some decent athletes. Our house has got a lot of ways where we are doing well, but an area that is a source of constant pain in our family is that closet light in their room is always on. I'm telling you, the bathroom lights. I feel like if I were to look at fatherhood, it's driving my kids around, maybe you know, kind of being a taxi driver, a little bit of constantly you know, paying for stuff. And just a part of fatherhood is turn them lights out every day all the time, walk around, lecture yet again, turn the basement light off. I don't know how many mornings you get up in the morning and go down to the basement, that basement light, somehow it stayed on all night long. And so though there's great analogy that the sun, and you could go into science, but that's not really my tendency to break into science illustrations. My tendency is just to say, if you want to know where a light is always on, is somewhere in the Perkins house and I'm paying for it. Here's what I want you to hear. Jesus, our light. Jesus, our hope. Jesus, the one that we sing about joy to the world. That light, no matter what you're walking through, no matter the anxiety, no matter the fear, no matter the, the disaster that you feel like is imminent, you just feel like this is upon you. I just want to encourage you that Jesus, he's been a hope and a light throughout the centuries. The, the light and the darkness are not equal. Jesus is the light 
of the world. He is victorious. And I want to invite you to trust him in a way at this Christmas that you never have and run to the light, the light that's always on. All right, let's keep going because it gets even better. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. This is great because here John speaking of John the Baptist. So this is a different John, and this is the John that came before Jesus. And this is a great phrase. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So here's someone who points to the light. He himself is not the light. You live in a culture right now where often the language is, hey, if you look deep inside you, there's the light inside of you. But we're not a people that believe that the light inherently exists in humanity. We're a people that believe that the light comes from Jesus. And so it's not about what's in us on our own. It's about the light that is Jesus outside of us. And when Jesus comes and indwells you, well, then you got a light, but without him, you are walking in darkness. And so that's different than the whole idea of lifting up humanity. We're not a people that say, yeah, it's, it's in you. If you look, I mean, I feel like I hear the culture saying that to my children nonstop. Hey, just look inside of you. No, no, no. Look to Jesus. He's the light of the world. He is the hope. And so that temptation to exalt self, I'll be king, I'll be Lord, I'll be God. No, no, no. No, no, no. Look to the one who is the light. And our role is to recognize what we're not and say, no, I need I need you to come be my king, my Lord. Then you light up my life and I can go be a light to other people, but it's ultimately not ignited or started or sustained by me. It is started and sustained by Jesus. He's the light. He is the sustainer of the light. So he can work through you, but it's not your light. It's his light inside of you. So when we look at even the way that Jesus tells us In John 8, where he says, I am the light of the world. And then last week, we read Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, you're the light of the world. So so which is it? Is he the light or are we the light? Well, here's the reality. Jesus is the light. And when he was on the earth, he was the embodiment of light. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. And we, the people of God, We step into being his body here on planet earth and you become his lights to a dark world. So Jesus, light of the world, we're looking to you. We need you on our own. We are dark and broken and weak and desperate and in need. And we have this propensity to sin and sorrow, what we just sang about. But what we need is Jesus. And Jesus You become our light, you're the light, and then there's a supernatural working inside of us, and we become little lights to our world. Uh, Our family loves uh, looking at Christmas lights. You guys go do this. Uh, All around Kansas City, there's a lot of great lights in Kansas City. And uh, so the way that it works with us is Renata finds, she Googles where are the cool neighborhoods that set up lights. And uh, then we go find those spaces. We often end up at Deanna Rose uh, because that's just kind of the finale in Overland Park. You just end up there every time um, and just watch the lights. And every single light that we have that goes up in Kansas City 
the purpose of lights, these lights that we celebrate, is not the light itself, it's to point to Jesus, the light of the world. And so even when you see these candles, or when we light candles today, and I would say even when you see lights in the city at Christmas time, every light's purpose is to point to Jesus. It's to just say, there is one who is the light of the world. And that's what John the Baptist is here. He is a witness to the light. And it's our call to be lights, to point people so that when they see you, when they look at you, they see Jesus because you embody transformation. You embody, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And now the character of Jesus flows through me. And it's a supernatural scenario where you have not my strength and my kindness, but God's strength and God's kindness working through you. I saw it this week. This week in our church, we had families that decided, I want to help out other people in our church that are in financial need. And I saw this week, God used some of you to generously make a difference in the lives of others. I saw this week, families that drove across the city to go take groceries to another family. I saw this week, families this week that went and got takeout. And that's a whole nother love, kind of love right there. Takeout to people that were sick. I, I saw this week where you went above and beyond. Even make, I mean, old school. Some of you I saw this week make meals at your house, drive it to other people. I'm just saying all those things All those things are this expression of, I'm gonna look for opportunities to be a light. We are witnesses to the light. We behold Jesus, the light of the world, and then his light we declare. A witness is someone who talks about what they have seen and what they've heard. Here in John 1, 14, he's gonna say, hey, the word became flesh, we've seen his glory. That's why we're a people that constantly come before God and sing these songs, because we want to behold his glory. It's why we want to be a people that pray, because we want to behold his glory. It's why we're a people that open up the scriptures every single day and get into the word of God, because we want to behold his glory, because you won't talk about that which you haven't seen. But if you've seen much, you'll speak much. And witnesses are people that have seen his glory, and they speak about it. And that's John the Baptist. He's the one, he's speaking about it. And John here is giving us just a little, a little window into what it means to be a witness to the light. And then as we keep going, it says this, verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was, which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. And verse 14, the Christmas text we've heard so many times, the word became flesh and lived for a while among us or made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. I want you to just see this. This is where the light entered the darkness. It's the song we just sang about the king who became this baby. It's about this, this one who existed on a throne in eternity in heaven and came to where our broken, dark, challenging, sin and sorrow lives existed. 
and he came and he dwelt among us. This is the glory of Christmas. Big word, it's the incarnation. It's the story of God. The word became flesh for me, for you. And so we celebrate it because that's what saved us. That we, we look and we go, Jesus is our savior and Jesus came for us. But I want you to see that Jesus lived that out. He, he came to earth and in the incarnation, he went to the dark places. But even when we read about his ministry, he was constantly looking on how can I go into the dark places? So in that day, for you to go and engage in conversations with a Samaritan, that would be not okay. But Jesus stepped across what was culturally acceptable, and he engaged not just in conversation with the Samaritans, but hey, even he told stories about the good Samaritan. Let's elevate them. Jesus wanted, he didn't allow those ethnic lines to become a source of division. Jesus stepped across and he said, no, we don't want this. Jesus went to the place where it was not socially acceptable to hang out, talk with, engage with the sick. And Jesus goes to this place where the lepers, Jesus goes to the place of helping out the blind. Jesus goes where the darkness is and he runs to it and he's a light in the darkness. Jesus is one that he, he, there's separation between the rich and the poor and Jesus decides I'm gonna engage with both. So he'll talk to the rich young ruler and he'll go and he'll engage with the widow who gives her last might. Jesus has the story of running to the place where it's dark and being a light and it's an example for the people of light, the children of the light, the people of God. And it was Jesus then and now the embodiment of Jesus' hands and feet is us in the present tense here and now it's you. We're the ones who look at who Jesus is, look at his example, yes, in God becoming man. But you could almost say, you could almost look at God becoming man and then look at even as a man, he continued to break social norms by going lower and lower and saying, I'm not gonna allow these things to control me. I'm gonna be a light. And Jesus goes and loves, serves, prays for, heals those that others said untouchable. So I was just thinking for us at Christmas time to look at our lives and say, how do we engage like that? How do we become people that are the light of Jesus? And you're doing that. I'm watching it. We're, we're living into this becoming a radiant people that shine the light of Jesus. I'm watching it with the way that you pray and the way that you serve and the way that you love and the way that you give. And I think that our church is taking these steps towards becoming a radiant people. Last week we read this and I just want you to see it because this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and I wanna just lean into it a little bit more because I preached on it last week but it's been sitting on me all week and I actually had a different message for today but that light, that radiant light we talked about last week, I just couldn't get rid of it. To, so I, I'm just going back into more of it this week but listen to Jesus here, he says this, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, can't be hidden. It's because it's what's in them. It's, it just can't stop it. It's this unstoppable light. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead. So there's that instead. It, not this, but this. Not this one, this one. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Jesus is saying it would be absurd to put a light under a bowl. Don't do that. He's speaking in graphic kind of, of course, it would be nuts. This, it's not the purpose of the light to put it under a bowl. And I just want you to know that as I think about that, I think that's a tempting thing to do. Because to put your light on a stand is to constantly get out of what's comfortable. To constantly say, all right, God, you've created me for a purpose. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a light. I'm going to step over what's comfortable. The, I'm going to step over the boundary line and go and be a light to people that are different than me. To people who have less than me. To people that are in a different scenario than me. No, I, I'll just put my life my purpose, my making a difference, my being a light. I'm just going to put it under a bolt. My problem is I have so much Sunday school in me that I miss this point. I have so many VeggieTale concepts in me <laughs> that I've never really thought about a bowl over a light. I've only thought about bushels and, and hide it under a bushel. I don't even know what a bushel was. So this week, I'm going, you know, my temptation is to actually pull back, live under a bowl, because to shine the light, to put it on a stand, the analogy, the picture that Jesus is doing coming straight off of these Beatitudes, that's constantly getting out of what's easy and what's comfortable, yet that's what the people of God get to do, because that's who Jesus is and what Jesus did. You want to talk about you want to talk about self-sacrificial love. We look at the light of the world, Jesus, and he's the one that goes, I'll leave heaven for earth. Go to the manger. And the king of eternity goes even lower to serve the hurting, the poor, the broken, and lower still to be crucified on a cross, die in your place for your sins. And when we look at our Savior, he's the one that is our example of, how low can I go? How can I be a light like Jesus? And that runs in contradiction to the culture that says, hey, get above people. Use your power to get above people. But Jesus, the king, said, I'm going to use my power to go under and to go low and to serve and to love. That's what being a light looks like. Being a light looks like serving, and demonstrating the light of Jesus to a world that needs him. I love the story of A.W. Milne, who was a 19th century missionary and there were these missionaries called one-way missionaries because they would often be martyred once they arrived. And so they were uh, known for being one-way. Some of them would even pack all that they had in a casket, knowing that they were going to go give their lives to a people group that had never heard the gospel before. And his story is that he went to uh, an island in the South Pacific area called New Hebrides. And when he went there, they thought that he would be martyred. He thought he could be martyred, but he lived and did ministry for 35 years. And there was an exaggerated statement that they said at his funeral, these people that he had served for 35 years, but it's a beautiful one and I want you to hear it. He said this, when he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. 
It was about one person that said, I'm going to self-sacrificially love and give of my life to help somebody. He went to a place that was dark, went to a place where they didn't have the light of the gospel so that they could know, hear about Jesus, establish the church there. And so much so that the very people that he served were so grateful for him that that's what they said at his funeral. And I just want to invite you to begin to think about what does it look like for me to not run to where it's comfortable, but run to a place that it's dark so that I can be a light so that I can, the light of Jesus through me, I can be this radiant light, city on a hill, a demonstration of the light of Jesus. And I was thinking about the way that our world needs to see Jesus and how they might not even know that they need Jesus, but we know that they need Jesus and how tempting it is for us to live with a very dim light but I don't think the world's ever gonna be attracted to dim Christianity. It's gonna be attracted to uncompromising, radiant Christianity. And radiant Christianity is irresistible. Because when you see Jesus, it transforms you. You look at the stories of people that encountered Jesus, and it's, it's not a small little light. It's, that is utterly different than the way that I'm tempted to live selfish for me. So I just want you to just imagine what that looks like in your life, how you could be a light. I, I, I just want you to know if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to study who Jesus is. And I know the temptation is to always say, well, the people of God aren't showing Jesus enough, so I'm going to have accusation towards Jesus. But I just want to invite you not to allow any kind of excuse to stop you from being a person that says, I'm going to know who Jesus is. I'm going to study the word of God. I'm going to get out the scriptures. I'm going to pray. No more excuses. I want to know who is Jesus. What does it mean that God became a man? And study, get out a Bible for yourself and and read what he says in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And you'll, when, you, when you study the stories of Jesus, when you read what he put what he said, what he preached, who he was. <laughs> Listen, the excellency, the glory, the beauty of who Jesus is, it's a light. It'll change you. It'll transform you. I love the third verse of Charles Wesley's hymn. I know we don't sing a whole lot of hymns right now, but I grew up singing hymns like all the time. And so it's usually first verse and third verse. So I know not the second and fourth, I know the first and third, but I know the first and third of that song, And Can It Be? And it's this story of the incarnation. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. Emptied himself. Christianity looks like you and I, not constantly trying to get more power uh, to get above people, but emptying ourselves and saying we want to look like Jesus so that a hurting, dark world sees the light of Jesus through you. Jesus said, John 8, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, Matthew 5, you're the lights. We are his lights here and now. The light of Jesus, not your light. It doesn't, it doesn't originate with you. It originates with him and flows through you. It's Jesus using you to be his light, our generations. Let me just ask you a few practical questions. In just a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna light these candles. And it's this physical picture in the room of Jesus, light of the world, 
the light, that his light spreads through us and can light up a room, can light up a world. I just want to ask you these questions, though. I just want you to think, is your light under a bowl or on a stand? Like, just real simple. Is it, it, it because it's, 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 it's so common for me and maybe for you to just hide that light. To just take the easy route. And it's not that you're hiding the light in the sense that you're making an intellectual decision that says, maybe I'm ashamed of Christ. But maybe that it's this choice that says, self-sacrificial love for the sake of others is difficult. And so I'm just going to pull back and hide. Just kind of be under this bowl over here. But it's a very different language than even Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount saying, put it on its stand. Why? So that, so that others can see. And I just want to encourage us, Radiant Church, the world needs to see Jesus through us and our self-sacrificial love in the way that we do everything that we can with excellence. In the way that Radiant people are the people that, (laughs) they are the ones who bring their best, whether you work at a hospital or a school teacher or some kind of business, or maybe you're a student. We're the people that are intentionally giving all that we have so that we can be a light. It comes out in loving others and it comes out in bringing our best. My temptation, just like yours, is to hide because it's easier to hide. And I just want to invite you to think, where could I be a light? So am I a light or am I hiding? And maybe you could just ask this question, where could I be a light? We see Jesus, so many different examples of him going to places that were culturally abnormal, have conversations with Samaritans. Jesus, you're going to talk with the lepers? Jesus, you're going to you're going to encourage the, from the widow's might to the rich to hang out with Zacchaeus? What? Where is a dark place in our culture that you could be a light? I heard one preacher say that right now, people spend two hours and 22 minutes on average a day on social media. And I was just thinking about the places where people hang out. And I think even in a pandemic, people are more online than ever before. And I was just thinking about the need for light in every part of our culture, every area. Like we need people that are light online. We need people that are light in the heart of our city. We gotta be a light. We gotta look, where are the dark places in the city? Where are the dark places in our culture where we can go be a light? And just ask God, what does it look like for me to be a light right now? More than just a casual glow because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. So I'm, I'm bringing this kind of gradual light wherever I go. Okay, that's good. But again, I just want to beat the drum of this. Can you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, where can I intentionally be a light? And the third question I just ask is, who? Who, who can see the light of Jesus? in and through you. David, you asked that question last week. I know. I just couldn't get enough of it. 
because I believe this is who we are as a church. And this was really what was pulsating in my heart when we named this church Radiant Church. It's this clear idea of Jesus is the light of the world. And he calls us to be a city on a hill. He calls us to be his lights. We're witnesses of his light to a place that is so dark and needs Jesus more than anything. I want to invite you to go ahead and just get out these candles. We're going to take just a moment and light these in just a moment. But before we do that, I just want to encourage you, if you're here today and you say, I'm living in the dark. Right now, I need Jesus to be my light. I want to lead you in a prayer. And this isn't the only thing that you say to God, but this is the first thing. It's how you begin your journey with Jesus. It's just pray this prayer. Begin this lifelong journey with Christ. Just come before God and say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I surrender my life to you. Come be the Lord of my life. I don't want to go my way. I choose to go yours. Forgive me. Save me. Heal me. Give me a new start. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, listen, this journey with Jesus is the best journey that you could go on. And beginning this journey, this is not the conclusion of it today. If you pray that prayer, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of walking with Jesus and then spending eternity with him forever and ever. It's what we're committed to here at Radiant Church. And we'd love to walk with you on your journey, whether you're in the room or online. I'd like to invite you, if you made that decision to follow Jesus, just let us know on that digital connection card on the website so that we can be in touch with you. And we will. Let's all stand. And we're going to take a few moments. and We're going to sing together. This is the beautiful picture. Jesus, the light of the world. It's what we talked about today. One light. Jesus is that one light. But when he becomes your light, come on. I just got a lot happier. Some good looking people up here. Are you guys mad at me for like throwing you under the bus about keeping the lights on? Nothing but love. Welcome to being a pastor's kid. Let me pray. We'll light these candles together. Jesus, we love you. You're the light of our lives. You've changed us and you've saved us. And you've put our feet on a rock and given us a firm place to stand. We celebrate this Christmas here at Radiant Church and here in Kansas City. You're the light of our lives. We want to be your light. We want the light of God in us burning and shining and through us to a city that needs Jesus. God, it's not ceremonial. We don't just do it in theory. No, this is our lives. This is who we are. It's what we've given everything to. And you've changed us. And we want to be a real life. We want to see over this next decade, real transformation in our city. We want to see thousands come to know you. And we ask, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would use this house to be a light, a radiant light to this city. Let this be a radiant city. Kansas City, marked by Jesus, transformed and changed by Jesus. You're our light. You're our hope. You're our joy. And we give you our lives again. We celebrate Jesus on this Christmas, the light of the world.
hold them up high. Can we do that? Jesus, light of the world. In 2020, we look to you. We say, in our generation, technology is not the ultimate light. Politics is not the ultimate light. Even a great economy is not the ultimate light. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And we celebrate you. And here in December, the darkest time of the year here in North America, we say, you're our light. You're our hope. You're our future. You're our joy. We love you. Light of the world. In Jesus' name. And all of Radiant Church said amen. Amen.